Welcome, Mita Pulse. Thank you. To the first Braden Willy podcast, the Travelers podcast, the I don't know what I'm going to name and give it a bunch of different names. Where are we right now? We're in the airport in Tel Aviv. What, what are we doing in Ben Gurion? We are waiting. Waiting? Yeah. My flight is later. Yeah, Mita's got a flight to catch in about six hours. So I came to meet her in the airport. And I came here and sat down and decided to do the first ever podcast that I would ever record. I thought you would be the good, uh, good host to do it with because you kind of have lived the last year with me, for sure, in the kibbutz. How long you spent in the kibbutz? 16 months. 16 months? Yeah. Damn. Time. You feel like you've got a, a big piece of your life sitting there in Yodvata? Definitely. Wow. For sure. <laughs> you think it's had a, a huge impact on, on yourself? Definitely. I yeah. feel like I've changed a lot. If I think about the person I was when I arrived to Israel in January 2020, yeah. it's definitely not the same person. What can you recall from that person 16 months ago? Um, just being a kid, yeah? <laughs> yes, being a kid and yeah, sure. uh, insecure and don't know what's going to happen and all new things, take step by step. Now, I was thinking just now, I was sitting in the in the bus from Terminal 1 to here and I was just in the bus and I didn't really care and I thought about a year ago, I would have been like, Mita, you're in the bus now. Terminal 1 to Terminal 3, wow. <laughs> wow. You have never done this before, you are now on the highway, how big is this airport? Yeah, how crazy is all of this, but the now, spectacle of it all, yeah. Yes. now it's just like, well. Let's get on with it, we're just changing location. Just changing location. Nothing we're special about the process. Like, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah, I feel you for sure. You said something about being less insecure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Do you think it's like uh, living away from home or do you think it's particularly Israel that's done that for you? I think it's uh, the whole thing that I've been away on my own. On your own, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I haven't had my parents or a friend or something, someone to to feel very comfortable with. I have sure. to handle every, anything, everything on my own. Also made me more independent, definitely. Yeah. Um, and you, uh, you came here fresh. You didn't know anyone who had come here before. You just came... I think Mita and I have a similar story. We both had a father 20 years ago. How long was your father? Yeah, 30, 20 years ago. Yeah, 20, uh, volunteering in Israel and both gave us the suggestion to come out here and explore and we kind of found each other. So it's a, a good story ending, I think. <laughs> you think your dad's proud of you? Yeah, I guess so. Sure. How long did he spend here? Three months. Three months? <laughs> Nothing. Sure. Does he recall any Hebrew from when he was here? He went in a group with a lot of Danish people. Okay. They were so like, I don't know, I think there were like 10 people in a group coming together. So. Yeah, for sure. That's something I've noticed uh, with language learning. You know, when you're stuck in the... Uh, you, you only learn what you have to learn, yeah? Yeah, definitely. And if you're in a group of Danish people and you have to speak to a Hebrew person maybe twice or three times a day, you're going to learn 3% of your day, you're going to yeah. learn, learn Hebrew, yeah? Definitely. Also in the beginning I didn't learn any Hebrew at all because yeah. there were so many volunteers, they all spoke English, so this yeah. was my focus, I have to speak English now. Like, yeah. But so then when there were so many volunteers, I was forced to... <laughs> Yo, excuse the sounds, we, uh, we are in the parking lot of <laughs> Terminal 3. <laughs> excuse that. You said, uh, I wanted to talk about the volunteers a little bit. How, who do you think had the most influence on you as a volunteer? Like over the over your last 16 months, you had people like Kevin from Costa Rica, yes. definitely uh, open-minded kind of guy. Yeah. Eddie, what? How would you describe him? Eddie. Eddie, 
um, very polite guy, down yeah. to earth, um, very observant in his own way. He didn't speak a lot of English, but he would always sit and observe. And he will sometimes he will come to me the day after, explain the situation, said, "What happened here?" And yeah. then I could tell him, "Ah, there was a joke with this, or it was sure. with this." So he was very and he. He was able to learn like that. Yes, yeah. and he wanted sure. to, and he really tried to learn English. He had like the whole note thing where he wrote down words Shit. and blah blah. It's, it's kind of strange to me. You come to Israel, and I'm trying to learn Hebrew, and he's trying to learn English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought the same. Yeah, yeah. another th uh, it's interesting thing with you, and also with the new volunteers I found in Baram. They're speaking Spanish, and a lot of the times the bridge language is English. And for me, it's very normal. But for you guys, it's a third language. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a it's a third like that's the you need you obviously have danish yeah and then you have hebrew which is a lot more important to learn than english ah yeah right now in this yeah but i actually think that's not true no no i think english is probably a lot and more important to learn in israel if you don't know hebrew yeah you know what i'm saying yeah yeah just it's the the the, the languages crossing all over the place is uh, really interesting yeah. I find. So who would you say had a big influence on you? What other volunteers? No, but ma many people have a big influence. Also Dylan. Yeah, Dylan. Dylan, for sure. Oh, he's his own special character. That wow, okay. Dylan, yes. He is in a movie of his own and we're all watching. <laughs> yes, definitely. And he could just he could just have fun on his own. like and just. Yeah, enjoy. I think so. Yeah, wow. Him too, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Jana, I lived with Jana for a long time. She okay, Jana. The German volunteer, yeah? Yeah. Your best friend? We're still very good friends still very good friends yeah she wants to come back yeah she do but like to visit like mm. i'm also planning to come back to come back to visit israel yeah so i i wanted to ask what do you think like the general personality trait that you find common in all these volunteers what do you think like what do you think they all have in common that kind of draws them to israel it's kind of a hard question yeah so i, I will say like uh i find that people who are kind of looking for a purpose and are kind of looking for an opportunity to explore that purpose outside of their country that's definitely a big one seeing the volunteers in Baram you know what I mean? yeah I also think people come um, to an adventure maybe that's a little too much but it's a very for me at least very safe way to see another country yeah. you come there's this organization you're a volunteer you don't have yeah. to pay for anything you come and they take you on trips in the country it's very comfortable and safe like a way to explore yeah, exactly for sure. at least that was the way i looked at it i mm. don't know how other people look, look at it maybe a better question is to notice the ones that stayed what's uh the, the okay. ones that got staying power you know i've mm -hmm. noticed for sure it's the it's the the ones that are kind of comfortable with being with uh, taking a pretty pretty tough job but also sticking through it and and living in the community and just having that feeling of home mm, yes. i think that feeling of home is a huge thing that uh, the ones that have stayed here for a long time have actually yeah. felt and people who who can who can find people outside of uh, volunteers like find people they enjoy spending time with and yeah in that way learning about the culture yeah and yeah and forming those kind of friendships yeah yeah so now another influence the volunteers may have had on you is the music scene how do you think your music tastes has changed wow. over the last 16 months? Changed <laughs> so much. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> this is one of the things I'm excited about going home to, to see, to compare my music taste now with my friends. Yeah, you're going to listen like, to the radio and just wonder what the hell is going exactly, on. Exactly, <laughs> yes. The other day I was Googling what the biggest hits in Denmark was, just like 
and I didn't know any of the songs, and it was so weird. Yeah, sure. So yeah, going home, I'm definitely gonna listen to music differently. Sure. I, so I you, what, so. you got an appreciation for rock, I'd say that was probably the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But um, I think hip hop and rap had a bigger hip hop like, and rap. Okay, I yeah, know. But, I know but, you're a huge Kid Cudi fan yes, right now. Yes, <laughs> I know he's left a Definitely, mark on your heart. For sure. Like, um, yeah. What other rap music you're into? I don't know. A little Mac Miller. Oh, a little Mac Miller. <laughs> a little Mac Miller. I like that name. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so know. you're interested in the emotional guys, the ones that are like. Uh, I like listening to the lyrics and like. Uh, speaking sense, yeah. And where I, I. Because there's also a lot of music where I cannot hear what they're singing and it's English and it's hmm. too much like. What's this guy named? Uh, Playboy Cardi? Yes, like. Oof, he's on the end of a spectrum like of mumble rap. That's not for me, like. <laughs> oh definitely my gosh. not. But like people where I can listen what they are yeah. singing and. That's one thing Dylan had uh, a, div- a, div- a diverse music taste. For sure. For sure. <laughs> and he knew a lot of songs and lyrics and everything. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Oh, Dylan. I still ask him for music, um, uh, movie suggestions. And ah, I, good. Yeah. Talk ah. to him quite a bit. I, I should do that too. Movie suggestions. Yeah, yeah he's differently. great for that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Sure. He taught me also to look at movies differently, definitely. When you saw a movie with him, you'd be yeah. like, wow, this is a good scene. And there's two people walking around a fountain, and you're like, why is this so good? He's like, ah, it illustrates this. And and the mise en scene, Mita, and all, <laughs> everything explains itself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. So, Mita worked in the dining room for how long? 14 months. 14 months. I, In my opinion, the, a very repetitive and tiresome job that I give her a lot of credit for, for surviving in for so long. Mita... Are you glad you changed? What's your mentality now that you were able to change into the garden? Mm. And like, what's what was it like to go from just being in, in a job, so entrenched in one job and changing it? For me, I figured out pretty fast. For me, it was um, because there's not really any of these volunteer works. And not anyone, any of them are not like very exciting and yeah. wake up ready to go to work so yeah the options we have are so like the dining room and the, the garden and the laundry and the laundry as well fields. maintenance the fields yeah i got lucky in my job in the horse ranch yeah, but uh, i held on to that thing with all my teeth <laughs> but but for me i figured yeah. out it was more the people i worked with than the actual work the people was yeah. the people who made the work and i remember earlier i also before the 14 months like I don't know after nine months I really was thinking about working but I looked at the people who worked in the garden and I was like I don't think I'm gonna fit in there mm, sure and I really liked the people in the dining room they like yeah. the work definitely not but sure. the people and especially some so people were amazing that, so you, you think that's gonna influence your life I mean obviously uh, definitely yeah you're gonna have a lot more of a, uh, a focus on who's gonna be in the job for sure and, and yeah it definitely made me realize how important it is the people you have around you like yeah, it, it kind of turns the interview into a two-way process, yeah? When you're looking for a job. It's ah. like they're not just looking at you, yeah, you're also yeah. going to be looking at them. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put it, yeah. I think that's an interesting lesson to, to learn. Sure. And also it will give you more confidence in the interview, for sure. When you know you're also looking at them. Yeah, like you're like ready to scrutinize them, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so now, uh, being in Israel in particular, do you feel the toughness of the people I always talk about how I believe the army has uh, 
has put everyone on the level playing field it's put everyone in the same system they kind of have a standard way of working for at least two or three years that everyone can kind of get apart it kind of feels like everyone's on the same team yeah. here if you know what i mean and and you're right if you're not a good player on the team you should get off the team that's kind of how i've I've like built myself to see it. Yeah. How do you? How would you compare? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you're very right with all this army and on the same level, and they all learn the same thing, the same discipline, the same way of working, and all this. Yeah. Um, I have a lot to say about the army. Yeah. I yeah. think it's done so much good for this country. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, in terms of mental health, obviously a diminishing effect. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but in terms of like uh, just maturing people and getting sure. them to for sure. to just be uh, more mature in their minds, like I think it's done a, it's done a lot. It's done a lot, yeah. Also, it, it's it's helped them appreciate life a lot more. You know, they can kind of they've been closer to death than a lot of us. Sure, so, yeah. So they can kind of yeah. No, I, <laughs> I believe there's a good thing with just going to the army, but I think it's also it's uh, also tough. Like when you're 18, 19, you go to the army and you can become a soldier. And yeah, it's you're like, a kid, Misa. Yeah, kid. you're a kid. I, I think it's... I couldn't even do a pull-up at 19. Okay, <laughs> I mean like, wow, it's a... Yeah, it's a tough like life. You come, they come in like kids and come out as mm. men and women, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But there's, there's something very attractive about the soldier in uniform, yeah. We were talking about it earlier, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, men and women, I'm, I'm talking... Yeah, wow. it suits them well, definitely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Maybe something about the big gun does something. Wow, that's... Uh, I still have to get used to it. Yeah, you're gonna... You, you still haven't gotten used to it while you've been here? Nah, like, just like now, we drove into the airport in Ramon and there's standing a guy, not in uniform, in civilian clothes, with a big gun. And I was like, wow, why? Shit. It's just us. Yeah, but yeah. for sure. I, uh... <laughs> They have to carry it everywhere like uh, the bus i took into tel aviv today there were probably 20 soldiers on the bus all with a gun around their chest like it's crazy yeah <laughs> i agree i mean the bus was very secure they were very For protected sure. if something would happen how's your hebrew Mita? you think you've done well to learn a language this way um through just straight exposure and no lessons at all just <laughs> yeah. Just listen to Hebrew over and over in conversations all around you. Um, I don't feel bitter about this at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing not to be able to understand it. Yeah, not to be a part of 50%. <laughs> when people laugh, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I, I, I recently started to uh, catch on with at my workplace, is I can actually understand what the jokes are about. Okay. But before that, Oh my god, it's the worst yeah. social torture you can have. <laughs> the worst for me is when they then look at me and try to explain yeah, what yeah. the joke is. And you're well, like, this is not funny anymore. Exactly. Maybe in the context it was funny, exactly. better, but don't even try. Yeah, it just turned into a <laughs> social catastrophe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the joke is all about the timing and the feeling and the moment. And yes. then they try and explain it to you. And then you also get people who like start to get irritated that they have to explain to you. And then you're like, okay, let me just be on the outside yeah. <laughs> yeah and i also have then every time they're speaking english like mm. they're trying to be nice and speak english and it's very good but then i feel like okay now i have to be in the conversation because yeah. now they're, they're trying to be nice to me so now i have to engage and yeah. even though it's maybe not even anything about me or anything but mm. this is also yeah now i think, I think I, 
yeah you've been you've been quite aware you notice these sort of things where you kind of want to participate and and you want to be a team player and I, I don't think Israelis see it like that so no, much you no. know I also the last few months I have not yeah. been no, this exactly what you're explaining I think uh, it's like when people are having a conversation around you in Hebrew and uh, they start to speak English and then the English they uh, they start they speak English about a topic you're not so interested in but you feel like you really have to participate in that conversation yeah. otherwise they're gonna flip back to Hebrew Oh my god, these sorts of moments are yeah. just like growing moments for all of us. You have to sit through that shit. <laughs> sure. And uh, you plan to do any more traveling? What do you plan to do when you get back? Going back to study. Probably not a lot of uh, traveling. Traveling, yeah. Not How long is your degree? Probably five years. Five years, okay. So no traveling after that? You're going to get a job? No. Um, no. I'm definitely going to travel in like hey, sure. you gotta um, see Israel again holidays yeah. and stuff and I'm definitely I have to go to back to Israel I have to yeah you plan to see South Africa no uh, yeah for sure I met so many South Africans through this uh, volunteer program so yeah, that's, uh, I have to I have to go there and see what it's all about we spoke about volunteers <laughs> there were probably 10 South African volunteers for a good six months yeah. <laughs> so the only South African you spoke of was Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a lot, wasn't it? You, for instance. <laughs> we, were, we were not represented so well, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people from Johannesburg. <laughs> sure. How would you describe the kibbutz to someone out on the outside? Who doesn't know what a kibbutz is at all? Yeah, like someone who doesn't know what a kibbutz is at all. <laughs> um, like the mentality or like practical like how it works and okay maybe we can split it into like uh, the process and socially things the process what do you mean like how, how the systems work how uh, they, okay. they distribute money and stuff like that um, if I had to explain that to a person who doesn't know what it is I, I think I'll explain it like it's it's a little town where um, everyone contribute contributes um, with their work, so they you don't get a paycheck every every month, or you do, but you get it from the kibbutz, and then they provide also food and car and, and housing, uh, houses. And all that sort of stuff. You don't have to to think about anything actually. Yeah. You just have to to do your work, and then they take care of the rest. Also, yeah. kindergarten, schools. It's described as socialist. Yeah. It's um, yeah, so, a socialist sort of environment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like but everyone helps everyone. Yeah, the the idea was kind of started a long time ago. I'm gonna say in the 1960s because when was Yedvata founded? Yeah, um. 1960s, somewhere <laughs> around there. 65 years ago, something. I don't know. Um. Yeah, and they uh, and that's when the kibbutzim idea was really prevalent and it was uh, uh, beginning. And nowadays, a lot of the kibbutzim have turned private and have had to, uh, like, a, a place like Yodvata is open uh, mainly to the, the to the success of its milk factory and what uh, what the flavored milk that they make. Mm. And uh, an interesting thing my boss said to me is that the kibbutz was the idea of the century, but the uh, the century is over. Yeah. So now with this, you know. The kibbutzim find themselves outsourcing a lot of workers in the form of volunteers, workers and uh, caretakers especially of the old people. You know, we're all 
we're all here on a, on a program or a contract and we're all outside workers but the kibbutzim still still holds its sort of uh, its stature and its place you know or would you agree i would agree definitely and yeah. when you talk about the old people i think they have a very good system like if you're a member of of the kibbutz and you have a mom oh. mom or dad in i don't know New Zealand. Yeah. You can bring them to the kibbutz and they can live there the rest of their life, yeah. their life and everything. And I think it's, it's amazing. And get, get paid uh, by someone who's on a contract from Filipino or uh, yeah, exactly. in Baram. There's a, there's a few Indians there. And you, you don't know? have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. You just get brought to this place where exactly. outside the desert, I, I understand that, but it's still green and yeah. amazing. And <laughs> sure. You have a house, you have a helper, food, everything. It everything must be you need, yeah. I think uh, when, once I moved to Baram, I started to understand the class difference a lot more, or the idea of class difference. Okay, in what Because way? it's like the members kind of see themselves as a class, mm. and then there's the outsiders, which is a class okay. of themselves. In Lalu. So, um, so that's what I kind of see. Uh, Where do you think it was most clear? Oh, Just Baram for sure. Okay. Oof. I don't know, I get people I have things in common with I really have to try with them to speak with them you know they're not okay. so interested in, in forming conversations or I mean in, in Yotvata I was invited to dinner a few times you know people were were interested to get to know the volunteers mm. all the stuff in Varam you don't feel it so much okay they're not so engaged in no. the volunteers I think you have a lot more freedom but with freedom okay. comes you know lack of mm. affection I guess yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of what a volunteers run on yeah it's yeah. <laughs> Affection and, uh, and cookies or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right, uh, that's kind of all I wanted to talk about. No, but can we continue a little bit? Because sure. You, yeah. you talk about uh, the kibbutz and how we describe it and stuff like this. And usually in the kibbutz, it's like um, take what you need and do what you can. Yeah? Yes. This is. And um, so, so the 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 kibbutz ideal that I think Mita and I are really in love with, or we like really strive for is you take what you need uh, you sorry i'm gonna butcher it you you say it <laughs> uh, do what you can and take what you need do what you can and take what you need exactly. okay yeah and i think when then the whole kibbutz started i think uh, the whole mentality of the people who came to the kibbutz this was their mentality mm. we we do what we can and then we take what we need exactly. but now i think the people who comes and want to live in the in kibbutzims they are more like we do what we need and we take what we can because yeah. then we see, ah, we could get free milk in Yudvatsa and I have a sister who lives uh, outside the kibbutz. <laughs> then I take a little extra and I give it to her. Yeah, then you don't take what you need. And exactly. You, you that's take sort extra, of, you take what you can. That sort of idea, yeah. And I think this is going, what's going to kill the kibbutz yeah. for sure. Because it's, it's, it kind of feels like a competition almost. Like, oh, I got, I got all the banana milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and they're taking a lot more than they need. It's just from our perspective, my perspective and your oh, perspective. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I guess that's what we see it and then I kind of think like people need a conflict people think need things to keep them busy otherwise they're gonna turn into to face each other and yeah. start fighting with everyone else it's kind of like a pride thing yeah they I all think so too. they all want to state their pride by making by saying no to the decision that everyone says yes to yeah, so yeah. that sort of idea I think it's just human nature definitely for sure also you talked about class before like um, mm. also the class divide, yeah, they feel like they, yes, they, 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 if they are a class above or they are more true-blooded in the kibbutz, they have more right to say stuff. Yeah, for sure, for sure there's stuff like this, definitely. Yeah. But I think it's a shame with this, like, um, 
I think it's a good sort of like do what you can and take what you need. It's a good. Um, mm, it's a good motto to go by. Good, yeah. I think it's a good life, a life way to a life uh, for sure, motto. For, for sure. sure, it's like the milk is free. Ah, the milk is free. Let, let's take as many as you can because it's free. Yeah. No, you take the milk is free. Okay, you take one because it's free. You can take always what you're come gonna back. Drink, yeah. yeah, you can always come back and take one more. Like, yeah. But you know, it's interesting. We're, we're really going into the to communism versus capital, capitalism right now. <laughs> the thing is, when you have such a supply. The demand is low, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you're giving out free samples of free samples. Uh, first thing that comes to mind to my mind is sausages, okay. <laughs> because we, we have a, <laughs> we have sausage snacks right with us. Okay, you've got sausages, right? And you put out a hundred in the middle of the store. You put out a hundred with little toothpicks in for everyone to take. Mm. People are gonna come in and make a mess. You know, they're going to take a few pieces, they're going to throw some on the ground and be like, oh shit, there's 99 more, I don't really care. And they're not going to care about what's there, but if you leave six yeah. or eight, it's gonna, you're going to have people there pick, taste and move on. And then you're going to have people like, oh, I, ran, I, 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 I uh, missed out uh, like on all these sausages. Yeah. You, you kind of get what I it's mean? It's a good point. It becomes like a, a delicacy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When, when it's just a few people like, oh, it must be special, it must be something. Yeah, so yeah. now we just have, we're just living in oversupply yeah. in the kibbutz. Yeah. So you've got to wonder, that's kind of the mentality they take mm -hmm. into it. Yeah. yeah. It's a good way to put it, definitely. Yeah. To describe it, yeah. yeah. Oh, and I feel as volunteers, we have a perspective we don't have any life stress, yeah? We don't have any like parents to worry about. Mm. Oh, we obviously do, but in a separate country and we're very separate to all of that right we're now. Very we're indi very independent. We have no political stresses mm. here. We just have to make sure that it's safe. That's all we have to do. And we don't, we don't have to make sure that uh, we pay rent or that we have money for food or clothes. Or exactly, anything. yeah. Just so we're, re we're really given the time to just free think and enjoy and... Uh, yeah and see the world through a new perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want something more to say about Kibbutzim? Not in this moment. No. Mita, why do we get along so well? I don't know. We didn't do it in the beginning. I don't know no, what was yeah, well, But let's not get into that. But <laughs> Our relationship started rocky. Yeah. To say it was boys and, uh, boyfriends and girlfriends, not to say that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think we we um, we both notice things. Yeah, it's the so consciousness. Yeah. I think so. So um, it's also sarcasm. I think conscious uh, yeah, sarcasm comes with, con uh, with uh, uh, sarcasm comes with consciousness. Yeah. I think we're very similar on the important things, maybe. Yeah. C communication and understanding and exactly like sure. And we were we were definitely really not Israeli in the way we like uh, were polite to each other yeah. and we would like uh, get each other an extra glass or something like that we would do the things that we knew weren't Israeli to each other just to make each other feel like we were at home yeah. <laughs> yeah, <something> like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah I'll take your plate to the sink and all this stuff and then like you don't really get that <laughs> sure yeah. not, no. yeah. Yeah. anyway Mita thank you so much you're welcome it was very how long, how long have we been going for? 27 minutes. Um, now it's still rolling, but can I still say something about your uh, interviewing skills? Or sure, like, yeah, you can. No, I mean, just... I think we, we did a good job making it a conversation. Right, so it's like... Yeah. But... Um, 
for all the questions, all the things we have to talk about, obviously you have thought a little bit about it, I guess, but you're very good at, it comes very smooth. Yeah. Ah, oh, we talk a little bit about this, and then, ah, oh, what about this? And you ask questions about what I just said. And yeah, like, sure. <laughs> um, Yo, shit. So, um, basically, I just, like, I know who you are, and I thought of a few things that I would like to touch on, and I mm. kind of had, like, a, a main stem of Kibbutzim and volunteers mm. and stuff like that, and I could touch on... A lot yeah. of things that I think is uh, very interesting about you and very interesting uh, to hear from people. Yeah. So yeah, just uh, it's been on my mind all day. I wanted to record <laughs> the podcast. I was so excited for it. It, is, it yeah. kept me going through today. I would love me to thank you so much. I'm gonna miss you so much. I'm gonna miss you too. Definitely. Wow, me yeah. too. We were we were surviving there, just the two of us for a long time. And we did survive. And we survived. Okay, that's the podcast. <laughs>